Ah, uh, um, so how much is that? Welcome to the podcast editor's mastermind, the show about the business of podcast editing. I'm your host tonight, Carrie Caulfield Eric, and joining me is Brian Ensminger of Top Tier Audio. Awesome. Now that we got that out of the way, I'm super excited about this topic tonight. Oh, I sound like a podcaster. You do, don't you? (laughs) We're going to be talking about social profiles. And this is something that when you learn it or, or, you know, realize how important it is, you can pass this knowledge on to your clients. You can sell this knowledge to your clients, essentially. Because so many podcasters struggle with this as well. So if you're not getting clients from social media or you're struggling to get clients, then this is the episode for you because we're going to go over some strategies for you for social profiles, like what you absolutely must have. Wait, there's a must have for my social profile? Oh, there are more than one must haves. (laughs) Okay. The first one. And I'm talking about like all the social profiles, wherever you have a presence and hopefully on every social media platform that you think your clients are on, you have a presence there. Even if you don't really like to use that platform, you just want to like have your business name or your name out there with your profile filled out correctly. So I just, I'm throwing that out there because it's not just Facebook, it's not just Twitter, it's not just Instagram, it's, you know, whatever social media platform that somebody may be searching for a podcast editor, right? Yeah. So I I feel like you're describing my love-hate relationship with LinkedIn. I don't like LinkedIn, but I also know that because a lot of my ideal clients are really kind of those business leadership, those nonprofit leadership people, I'm just going to generalize them and A lot of times they're on LinkedIn and I still struggle with the strategy, but absolutely have a presence there for sure. Oh, LinkedIn, I think is super important for every podcast editor. And I feel the same way about it. It's like business Facebook, right? It's like Facebook takes you to work. (laughs) Yeah. So I I guess one of the things I'm wondering, because we've got some people that have joined us live. If you could drop in the chat, what social media platform you don't enjoy, but you have a presence on so that you can meet your clients there. I'd love to hear that. If you're listening to the podcast episode later, we'll have a link in there because we'd love to hear from you as far as like what that one is for you. Because for me, it's LinkedIn. I don't know, Carrie, what is it for you? No, it's LinkedIn. It's for sure LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, I actually at first didn't like Reddit, but now I'm finding Reddit is kind of an interesting place for podcasting. Nice. Yeah. Ashley says she doesn't like Instagram and LinkedIn and Amanda doesn't like Instagram. If I'm understanding this correct. Actually, all (laughs) all of them. That's great. Some days that's me as well. Although I will admit that I probably like Facebook more than I should. Yeah. uh, When I'm editing, I have to turn Facebook off. Because it's too easy to stop in. Yes. It's too easy to say, oh, what's going on over here? Patrick says, I haven't started officially, but I struggle to understand Instagram and I'm not on LinkedIn. Uh, and 
I don't, I can't read that, but yeah. Instagram, first client on LinkedIn. That's great. I that have yet awesome. to get a client from LinkedIn, although I have clients that are on LinkedIn, which is great, right? <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing is you don't know how they like get to you necessarily, unless you're collecting that information or asking them in the, the discovery call, because they may have found you on a platform that you don't like and then gone to your website and connected with you that way. For sure. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so we, should we talk about some must-haves? Yeah. The thing that was a real eye-opener for me was I've heard about some of the, well, I'll call them best practices for podcasters. And I think there is a similar set for podcast editors or really anybody that wants to use their profile as part of what I'll call a customer journey or a sales funnel. But I remember, what was it, two years ago, we had the first podcast editors conference in, at PodFest. And Jennifer and somebody else that I don't remember did a section on social media where they talked about that and uh, some really great stuff. Because when I think of best practices, I would probably think of like super boring stuff, but they actually had some great ideas for how to actually use your profile. So like, Carrie, I think you're probably the master (laughs) at this. Oh, I don't think I'm a master. I think so really it's about filling out those fields in a way that's going to benefit you, right? have your, like a must have is your website. So let's stop right there because the must have that you talked about was a website. Carrie, how many times do you see somebody comment in a Facebook group? How do I find more listeners for my podcast? Or how do I find more clients? And you go to their profile and you can't tell that they do anything related to what they're asking about. Every day. Every day. (laughs) To the point where it's it actually is rather frustrating. Frustrating that maybe we don't share this kind of information enough so that people don't know. And frustrating a little bit that people don't think about it in that way. I almost feel like like if we take the podcasting thing just and use that as a proxy for podcast production or for business, I almost feel like it's doing people a disservice to have a launch plan or program that only includes how to set up your podcast and how to do your audience research and doesn't say, like, by the way, unless there's something super private about what you're doing, this should become part of your online presence. And I don't just mean like, I'm going to post things in my newsfeed, but like, if you were to go to my page or to Carrie's pages on Facebook or whatever platform, you're going to find something about any podcasts that we're currently hosting, something about our businesses, Maybe a person, like you're going to find some stuff on mine. You'll find probably too many things. It's probably confusing. So we can take a look at all the things I'm doing wrong later. But I feel like that one thing is probably the lowest hanging fruit is just list the website. Yes, that is the easiest, easiest thing. It is the website. And it's unfortunate this step is missed and we don't talk about it enough. So must have number one, your website. And if you don't have a website, then how? Um, would I find out more information about you? Where do I go? How do I book a call with you? So something. So, Cause yeah. even like a calendar page, you can throw some text in there, right? About this is who I am. This is what I do. And so have something that connects you to the customer. You know, that's your, your URL. And it's so very important. Yeah. And then I'm so- going to throw in this hot tip. One hot tip about links, because you know about Linktree and all those services where it bundles your li- links for you. 
so people can go through and choose what they want. Don't use that. (laughs) If you have a website, don't use something like Linktree. Use your website. You already have the tool right there. Yes. A thousand times. In in fact, if especially if you've got a website where you've got some kind of builder and you can build a custom page, shout out for Divi because that's what I use and a lot of people use. You can create a page that looks, in quotes, just like a Linktree page. So you can provide those two or three useful links to people. And and can we just like underline two and three, two or three? No, I've got like 10 on mine. So I do personally. (laughs) Mine is don't do what I do on mine. Okay. But (laughs) yeah, because we all know my website still needs redoing. But yes, um, keep your call to actions few. I'm going to ask the question of you uh, since you're you're the expert on this call because I'm I'm just me. What about somebody who is starting a business and literally does not have the budget or the expertise to build a business website? Okay. Is a is like a Facebook page sufficient for them? No, because I'm going to tell you how to do it for twelve dollars. There you go. Go register a domain name at Google. They will throw in a website for free. Like I don't know if you knew this, but you can totally build a website for that. And it's $12 a year. I mean, it's not going to be like a super fancy website, but it does a lot. I mean, when we had the JustBusters did the conference with PodFest, the services conference, I built a web page with Google to advertise that. So yeah, $12. No excuses. We, we talked about, oh, Steve wants to know, what if you have a podcast? And not a podcast about how to hire an editor. So I feel like he's kind of making fun of me there. But do you put that on your website? Yeah. And you can put it on the Google website too. Because embed codes are lovely things. Yeah, that is a good point. Because you know what? As a, as a host, I do have the podcast editor's mastermind on my Facebook profile. What I don't have is the new show that I launched, which is how to hire a podcast editor. So I need to add that. So thanks for, thanks yeah. for that, Steve. On Facebook, you can have multiple links, right? Yeah, and I'm not sure about the other profiles. You probably, I know Twitter. You can only have the the one. one, and Instagram is one, and I think LinkedIn might. There might be a way to add more, but I think you want your main thing to be in that top link. Yeah, and I think there's a, a point at which it becomes too confusing, and people won't want to make a decision. So think long and hard about what you do want to include, and that's the thing you want most, right? That's usually, but in our business, that's clients money. Yeah. So <laughs> so I'd start there. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about uh, a link. What else? What else should be on a social profile? So you definitely want to use the bio, right? And you're using that bio to give your elevator pitch. Tell people what you do. It's And I, I know that I have personally struggled with this and I know other people who have struggled with it that, you know, trying to drill it down to like one sentence is really hard, but it's also really important. Yeah. And I would say like, I'm probably, I went to go check my Facebook profile and I do have it down to one sentence. I'm still not happy with it. I may never be happy with it, but the the (laughs) point is if somebody comes across it, they can tell what I do. And it's not even like I would take that one step farther. It's like if somebody can tell what you do from that bio, can they then go and tell somebody else what you do? So if it can be communicated, like play a game of telephone with your family or something when doing the, you know, writing your bio, you know, get the family involved. Uh, <laughs> if that 
message can be communicated clearly between people, then it's, it's good enough. And then after that sentence, depending on the character limit on the social profiles, you want to throw in like your hashtags, right? So we're all hashtag podcast editor and we work in hashtag podcasting. Right. So you want because those that is searchable. So you yeah. want to have those hashtags in there. Did I confuse you? No, no. I, I'm <laughs> just trying to think like, where do we go next? Right. Because I mean, that's so we've talked about the bio section. We've talked about the the headline or the the elevator pitch. I know that not all of the profiles have or all of the social platforms have the same set of fields. Right. So if we've talked bio and hashtags, we've pretty much killed Instagram other than maybe like using that one section where you can put some of your reels to be available more like longer term. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Because we know that Twitter, you can pin a post, right? And on Facebook, you have featured photos. And Instagram is a little bit different where it's always revolving, right? You can make a story or you... Can you pin stuff on Instagram now? I don't know if you can. I don't know. You can on TikTok. So you can, if you're making TikTok videos, you can pin certain videos to the top of your profile view. You want to use those spaces that they give you to display visually what you do. So when people see those photos, and especially if they're podcasters, they're like, oh, yeah, that's an editor. You know, take a picture of your, you know, or a screenshot of your DAW, right? While you're editing. And somebody who is tired of editing their own show is going to look at that and recognize it and be like, oh, they can do that. And I don't have to. Yeah. For the longest time, I've tended to view those kind of photos kind of like the old school recording studio where they have a picture of a big console and a drum kit in a room. And it's like, look at how many compressors we have. And so I've actually tended to bias myself away from that. And I, I hear what you're saying now, like pictures of the DAW, that makes sense. Pictures of what I did in Isotope RX, probably not quite as meaningful for somebody who doesn't know what that is, unless they just like the cool orange color. So what I think, and I would, I do or I have had pictures of Isotope. The color thing is not wrong. In Audition, you can change the track colors. Mm -hmm. So whenever I take a picture, I make sure that the track colors are pretty or something that my ideal clients would like or find interesting. And you can change the color in the spectral view in RX to all sorts of different like fun colors. And I don't think they need to understand exactly what it is or what you're doing. It's that they're seeing something specifically technical and that is automatically giving you credibility because you're so into it. You so know what you're doing. They don't. They want you to deal with it. Look at me. I'm de-reverbing yeah. something. Yeah. And I think also just because we tend to be busy, a lot of people are doing this as a side hustle and have a day job and like time is finite. But just grabbing a screenshot is perfectly fine if you want, you know, to, I mean, it's a great place to start. And I know it can be, you know, you're, you, I guess essentially you're saying it's kind of cheesy uh, <laughs> to do that, which is fine. I mean, I'm not offended, 
But I think that you can get more creative with it, right? But it is a great starting point. And I think especially for podcasters, it something clicks in their head like you like that and I don't. Yeah, for sure. We've got a question from Patrick that's a little bit not quite related to this, but I think it's a, a valid question. How do you describe what you do and get people to respond without giggling or looking at you funny? I've been getting that as I tell people what my plans are after retiring from, edu- from education. I'm going to say the right people aren't going to laugh at you. That, that was pretty much what I was going to say, <laughs> right? So those people are probably not your clients. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, have a rude awakening when, you know, they're being required I know he's coming from education. So podcasts are starting to be used as oh, yeah. curriculum. So those people who laughed at you are going to have a wake-up call in a few years. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll just share with you. I mean, because I still work a full-time job. And one of my most closely related coworkers doesn't see the value in podcasts and podcasting. And so he thinks that the fact that I've got a podcast editing business is kind of a fool's errand. The fact is, I'm never going to convince him right? Because he's already decided. So no evidence I can bring will change his mind. He's not my ideal client because he's probably never going to be a podcaster. And while I'm not making enough money to quit a full-time job, I do okay. And I'm doing that, doing something that he thinks is dumb, right? And I don't care because my family can take vacations. We can do those kinds of things. And I get to do something that I love, but I also have that full-time job. So like, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. There's absolutely tension between the two. There's the whole balancing stuff and trying not to forget about my family. But at the same time, there are benefits that come from having that, not the least of which is within my role in the business, the business I work for, because of what I do as a small business owner, I have a different perspective on how to bring solutions to the business that I'm working in because in my business, I am the one making those decisions. And so I think about them differently than if I was the one looking for a singular solution in within sort of my silo of the business. I have to, in my business, think of it as the owner. And so that helps me bring a different perspective. And I'm not saying that what he brings to the table isn't valuable, but unless he takes ownership of something in that way, he'll probably not develop that. And that's okay. I mean, I want that for him, but he probably doesn't want that for himself. And so that's fine. Yeah. And not everybody is going to love podcasting either. And also, I mean, let's just be honest. There are thousands of podcast editors out there. Or there are hundreds of thousands of podcasters, but I'm not the right fit for every one of them. There are some categories of shows that I don't prefer to work on. There are some production styles that I don't prefer to work on. And there are probably some people that just would not like to work with me. And that's okay because they can work with somebody else. There's enough to go around. I mean, everybody wants to work with me. Well, there's, I mean, even I want to work with you, Carrie. <laughs> everybody has haters. Um, oh, Steve says, I avoid using a microphone in any of my business marketing material because it's not what I do. However, I can see using one in places on my site because my potential client can identify with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue with you there for a minute, Steve. You do use a microphone. You do help people with dialing in their microphone settings. like I think, though, that's not his marketing materials. But is he saying it's not his market, marketing material because it's not what he does in oh, his business? Oh, I see business. what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I would challenge you 
on that. I mean, you don't have to use a microphone in your marketing materials. And I think that microphones in general are overused, but it speaks to podcasters, right? They understand it. And that's really what we're doing is we are communicating with potential clients in the way that they understand. So they think you do something with a microphone. <laughs> so as we go back to the, the social profiles thing, one of the things that I continue to struggle with is, especially on Facebook, where there's this expectation that a personal profile is personal. And that we're supposed to use completely useless business pages to promote our businesses, it can feel sometimes disjunct because I've got a page for my business. Nobody likes it. It doesn't get any visit. Like, I mean, yeah, some people like it, but the only place I get any reach is either interacting in groups as me or posting stuff as me. And if I don't love that, I have to merge together personal and professional. It's not that I'm ashamed of any of the personal stuff or ashamed of any of the professional stuff, but I feel like maybe not everybody wants to know me for all the same things, if that makes sense. And I get what you're saying. Now, I definitely think you should have a Facebook page if you don't already. You should just have that presence mm -hmm. again, right? Yeah. Fill out those fields. What Facebook, I think, tries to do and what social media actually is trying to do is like make us all into personal brands unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So there is that in intermingling. And I think that because we're in business, we do have to think about what we post. For sure. You should always be very intentional with your social media. I think you should anyway on a personal level, but, but also you should do what you want. It's that personality. It's who you are that people are going to identify with. Like Bonnie said when she was on um, the sales call episode that people are making emotional decisions about whether or not to buy something to purchase a service or a product. So that's a way to like uh, connect with some or the potential client emotionally. And if you want to know somebody who uses their Facebook personal profile Beautifully. It's, did I just? I think I lost you. If you I heard if okay. you want to, and then you just disappeared. Okay. Like, so if you want to follow somebody who has like this amazing personal business merge on their Facebook page, it's Bethany Hawkins. She does a fantastic job of like balancing the personal and the professional. Did I answer the question? I think so. I mean, it's basically like you have to just kind of be okay with yeah, both. Yeah. You, you got to find a way to work through it. Like you make those decisions for yourself, like upfront though. So you can be intentional about it. like sit down and think about it. Yeah. So I've also heard things like develop a content strategy where you have the four or five different categories of things that are interesting about to you that you want to become your brand and only talk about those things transparently. I feel very constrained on both sides of that because then I start to feel like, well, I haven't had a post about how much I love my family this week. So I guess I'm not on brand or whatever. And I, I really start to feel like being disingenuous. So I don't know. Are you going to help me through that? Or are you going to tell me I'm right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to tell you when you are posting that way, you are being disingenuous, right? 
to yourself, not necessarily to your, your client. It's like becomes forced. Sure. And I made the decision a while ago that I'm not going to do social media unless I enjoy it. And I'm not saying this because, you know, I, this is my way of doing it, right? If you want to follow a, a different way or, you know, whatever, do that. But that's that's the whole point, right? Do it in a way that you are comfortable with because what that kind of like, I have to post this, I have to post it this time, what that's going to end up doing is burning you out and you're not going to do it anymore, right? Or you're going to like completely disappear because you've had enough. And so that doesn't help you, right? That doesn't help your business. So that's why you have to make it work for you. And don't, you know, I don't worry about the algorithms or the rules. I mean, I try to keep up with like the best practices, but I don't like, they're not something I'm always chasing. And I think, so I've not bothered with TikTok yet. And part of the reason is because I don't need another content hamster wheel in my life. I've already got this show, I've got another show that I, I host, right? And I've got all of the normal sharing and work stuff. I don't need another place that, I don't know. Have you tried out TikTok? I think, I think you said you had. I have played with it. Um, I have three accounts. <laughs> wait, wait, know. you have three TikTok accounts? Are you I okay? I keep forgetting the password and it keeps getting messed up. And so I have to keep making new accounts. And I've made a couple of videos, yes. But it's... Yeah, sorry, my son had to get this. <laughs> no, I, I'm laughing because I have some friends who... I'm their friend like three or four times because they keep not being able to <laughs> Log get back in. in. Right? And I'm like, so now I've got this new personal rule. Well, if, if I'm already your friend twice, the next time I'm going to ask you in person to make sure it's really <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm going to shut up now. I'm sounding like okay, a jerk. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think like TikTok is... Awesome. I watch people do things on TikTok that I wish I could do. And those people are making money and it's incredible. If you want to be on TikTok, be on TikTok. But I just like to watch it mostly. So one thing I'm wondering, because we've been talking about some of the best practices and we've got some other things to talk about, but I'm also wondering if there's anybody who's joining us right now who would like for us to take a look at your profile. Maybe it's not converting. And maybe between Carrie and I, uh, mostly Carrie, we could take a look at it and just give you a couple suggestions. If that's you, just drop that link in the chat and we'll, uh, I don't know that we'll get to everybody if there's more than one, but we do want to offer that. Uh, yeah. and I can offer the comic relief, I guess when we get there. <laughs> uh, we will be gentle. So Patrick says, when I hear people say things like you have to post 11 videos a day to get anywhere <laughs> that scares me, Patrick, you don't. And I'm, always doing the wrong thing. Like, uh, you know, Instagram is like, oh, you got to post stories or you won't get seen by people or you got to announce you got to do reels or you won't get seen by people. Those are lies. I post inconsistently whenever I want. I post, I don't do reels and I still like, I still get clients from Instagram. So one thing I'm wondering as we're waiting to see if anybody is interested in taking us up on the offer to screen share, is, Carrie, if you were to start over now, if your social media presence was just wiped off the face of the planet, what would you do differently knowing what you know now? I would have start working, you know, I would have worked on that elevator pitch sooner because just the act of writing it trickled into everything. 
right? It took, it's in my website. It's in, you know, my, what I say to people I meet. And at, over time, I've been able to hone it down and you know, like refine it and refine it and refine it and refine it until it's something super simple. And I can't remember what that is off the top of my head because <laughs> I just changed it not too long ago. But I, I would have definitely started working on that sooner. And then I would have done, it wasn't until the podcast editors conference, the first one, that I learned that Facebook had a featured photo section. Same here. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. It was Jennifer, Jennifer Longworth who did that, a bourbon barrel podcasting. So one thing that I just discovered, because I'm taking a look at my profile right now, is I took the time to do all those featured photos. When I view myself as though I'm not me, it no longer prioritizes what I said to feature. What? So we can go ahead and tear apart mine. Okay. That'll be fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. We're going to see several of me for a second while I get that going. Yeah, you're welcome. After I actually share my screen. My profile, if I view it as public me, this section here with my profile, with my photos, is not the featured photos that I have chosen. If I look at my page as though I'm me, it has these featured photos that I selected. Right. Right. So I actually chose to have family and friend pictures up there. It's important to me. And then I had some stuff related to what I did. But if I view it as not me, I don't see those. And I don't know what the deal is with that. That's very interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that is the same as me. No, mine mine have my... Know what? No. Mine's not like that either. I mean, it does not display my features. stone an awful lot of me. This just <laughs> in. Thank you, Jennifer, for the thing. Facebook must have figured out that it was worthwhile and changed it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But you know what I, I am seeing are stories. Um, oh, see, I don't have any of those. Why don't you, let me see if I can why don't, why don't unshare share? my screen and you can do yours. Oh, wait, are these stories or these? Oh, I see. I think I figured it out what it's doing. Okay. I can't, I don't see your screen share yet. No, because I'm, I, okay. I'm slow pushing. We back. do technology here, people. We do technology. But I'm not IT. So if you see like underneath my, links it says collection and it also says featured but my photos are a bunch of selfies (laughs) (laughs) well carrie carrie does love herself there's that (laughs) i do uh no you know what these are these are profile photos interesting so yeah i would think for those of you the watching or checking it out later go check your profile out and view it as a public person and see what you're being projected to for the rest of the world Right, because we talk about optimizing your profile, uh, make sure it's actually doing it. And if it's not, I'm not sure what to tell you. <laughs> uh, Patrick does wonder if it, maybe it's different in the app. Excellent point. I typically use the app instead of the desktop, although I will say that it's really hard to do that with StreamYard because it kind of requires the Chrome browser. That's a great point. I mean, it very well could be. I mean, we could check. Maybe, maybe Patrick, you want to check for us? Yeah. You could compare the two. You're desktop profile and the app yeah so patrick patrick's <laughs> on that thanks we, we yeah, appreciate you, you in so many ways <laughs> um if you're joining us late one of the things we talked about was the importance of being on a social platform where your clients are even if you don't love that platform if you haven't already if you've done that 
just let us know which platform you're on, even though you don't really like it. For me, it's LinkedIn. I don't, I think, Carrie, was it LinkedIn for you as well? It was LinkedIn. Yeah. And it kind of used to be Twitter, but I've gotten kind of back into Twitter. I noticed that you tweet a lot now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think of funny things throughout the day and I feel like I need to share them. Um, and Twitter is usually my funnier place. So I used to play hashtag games. And for a while, I stopped after I started the business just simply because hashtag games involve a lot of tweeting. And I did not want my clients to be or my potential clients to be annoyed that I'm tweeting something again. Uh, but, uh, you know, that is something I think about how somebody could potentially view my actions or how I use social media if they're following me, because it it does get annoying to have a lot of notifications. It does. Yeah. And I suppose you could turn them off, but I'm not going to expect people to do that because I'm playing a hashtag game, for example. Yeah. Well, plus so, I don't I don't want to miss the notifications that Carrie said something. Well, that's true. I mean, because gotta, one in th- you know one in thirty or forty times is something valuable. So there, <laughs> I do occasionally say smart things. Yeah, not apparently all that much tonight. No, you say uh, plenty of smart things. Yeah, this is when people talk about organic marketing. This is really like this is this. This is what we're talking about. Just making it easy for the people that you interact with to get to know you, like you enough to like click your profile and see what you actually offer and then take that step to hire you. Yeah. And I should say, like, I've seen a couple of strategies out there about how to optimize your profile and then how to use that to, like, to create this system. I love the idea of that. Right. So you've got a profile that has the banner and it has all the links and it is basically a long sales form, like just kind of built out over time. I absolutely despise the implementation of that. I hate dropping into a Facebook group to comment, knowing that my only reason to comment is to have people go link to my profile and maybe see something. My preference is always to be there and actually offering answers, which is probably not intentionally, but part of my brand, right? As I get there. Yeah, it's that it's that interaction. It's that really demonstrating your expertise rather than a sales funnel. Yeah, for sure. I get the heebie-jeebies now when people are talking about click funnels and sales funnels because that's that doesn't appeal to me. That's not who I am. And when I see it done to me, I know it. Totally. I feel it. And that's what you don't want to do. And it does work. Like it it works. The sales funnel and the, you know, all the nurturing sequence emails, all that fancy stuff. It works, but it's not for me. I'm not saying it's okay not to be for somebody else, but it's just not for me. And I feel like social media, people have a love-hate relationship with it, right? Mm -hmm. And especially when they're in business. I mean, you talked about how you start to feel disingenuous because you got to have your four content pillars and you got to post this on that day and this on this, that day. And if you have your profiles filled out correctly, all you need to do is what you were going to do anyway. Right. You're going to go into the podcast editors club and you were going to, or the, or our Facebook group, the podcast editors mastermind Facebook group, which everybody should join right now. If you are not a member. (laughs) 
you can go in these groups and start interacting with people. You can go into the podcaster groups and start answering questions and being helpful. This is how I actually built my business, right? It wasn't slow. I mean, it wasn't fast. It was slow. But because I didn't, I wasn't selling anything. It was simply being helpful and demonstrating my expertise. All people had to do to book a discovery call with me was go to my profile and ta-da. I mean, really, that was my big secret is just being helpful and having this profile filled out. And that's why when I see people, like I get frustrated that people don't know how to build their audiences or build their business with social media. It's like, you have to be social. That's rule number one, be social, right? Fail. (laughs) And rule number two is just have your profile filled out well, like correctly and well. Yeah. So let's, I know we've talked about that, but let's kind of touch back on that. We talked about having a link to your website, having a bio that's filled out. Um, Hashtags. Hashtags. Have have your hashtags in there. And Steve made a point earlier. Don't use podcast editors with an S. Use it singular. Okay. Because your potential clients aren't looking for podcast editors. They're looking for an editor. Singular. Yeah. What else? So the photos and Mm -hmm. pin posts. Excellent. So uh, Patrick did drop a couple of links into the chat. Um, not really able to display them on screen right now, but he did pull that mobile oh. stuff. <laughs> I was, trying to, I was yeah. trying to click the link. Um, I had the same problem. That's why I didn't share it. <laughs> uh, but if you're joining us live, you can certainly click through to see those. Uh, we're not going to expect him to keep those up forever, so we won't we won't include those in the show notes. But so we, photos. What else? Just a note about the pin post. Yeah, it should be something to that displays that you know what you're doing and like so my pin post on twitter is basically says if you're not mixing a podcast to be heard while i'm running my bath i don't like you there you go right so that is a creative way just to demonstrate that i know about how to make your podcast be heard Right. Especially about running bad. And can we just, can can I just underline this again? I want to hear the podcast when I'm taking a bath. I can't hear most of them. (laughs) So it's very frustrating. Yeah. I I was listening to one this week, a prospective client where it was a, it was a, a guest that was on and the difference in volume between the two was easily like 12 or 13 decibels. So I'm driving to work because I was going into the office a couple of days this week. And so I'm constantly writing the volume back up and down based on who's talking because the guest was blowing me out and the host was who I couldn't hear. And I'm thinking, so first off, that's not a great experience. And as editors, we know that. But second, the person with the higher volume is automatically perceived as having greater authority. So she, she's given up some level of that. And, you know, it's not, she doesn't know, Right. But that's something that as an editor, I'd absolutely fix. And I'm, I'm not going to like, you know, outer or anything. But yeah, I was like, I, I can hardly listen to this. Absolutely. So having something creative in your pin post that kind of displays, you know, what you're talking about, shows off a little bit of your personality. It is a really valuable tool because, you know, you're thinking, I mean, think about it this way. They're scanning this little section mm-hmm. that is communicating everything you do. 
and like who you are and why you should hire them or why you should hire me, whatever. And that's basically it. I mean, this is not complicated, but it's it's so uncomplicated that it's an oversight. Yeah. And, and I think so. Michael had commented that sometimes it feels like more work than it's worth. I would agree, especially in the instances where you're trying to implement a strategy. I think it's fair to note that there's some tension between wanting to get your name out there and like, because that can really feel like work, especially if you're not comfortable putting your name out there. And the same thing would be true if I was going to a, a chamber of commerce meeting or something, right? If I'm not comfortable there, or if it's something that feels like it's something that I have to do or I need to do, I totally get that. At the same time, there is a certain element of if you had a storefront, you might not be outside the storefront handing out samples to every person that walks by. However, you probably have a sign out there that says, this is what I do. And you probably have something that communicates to people why they should want to go there. I think it's finding that sweet spot for you. And there's going to be tension there because there's always going to be the tug to do more and the tug to do less, or at least there is for me. Maybe I'm a special. Yes, no, absolutely. Right. It is a constant. I mean, some days I'm like, I don't know, no social media for me. <laughs> like I can't deal with anybody else. Right. Or I'm too busy or, you know, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I'm trying to get our faces the right size and I can't do it. <laughs> I have a big head, Brian. <laughs> Um, it is constantly course correcting. And that's why I can't stress enough is you have to figure out what that right balance is for you. And I don't think anybody else can tell you that. There are editors who like never use Facebook. Impossible. No, never. Haven't, didn't even know other editors existed. I swear. Well, they do know other, other editors exist. So they're not in kind of our sphere, right? I mean, they're doing what we do, but they're just not in our like bubble. And, you know, one way I think that could be valuable as a podcast editor is is something like Reddit, where that feels more old school, doesn't feel like a lot of pressure to interact necessarily. Like it's not, I feel like social media platforms have a lot of psychology in how they're laid out. You know, how they are kind of getting an endorphin. Like there's a, there's a science behind sure. how they get you to keep coming back right down to the colors and the noises that they're presenting you with. I feel like something like Reddit's a little bit more um, old school and doesn't have that feeling of overwhelm and urgency. I think those are the two things that social media makes you feel. It's just kind of an overwhelm and urgency. And I think the other thing that we need to mention in the category of it feeling like it's more work than it is worth, because there have been times when I've felt like that. If that's the case, it might be time to take a break. I understand that if you have a sales funnel, you have to keep filling the top of the funnel. However, you also have to be able to continue to deliver on your commitments. So there's always going to be tension there. There's always going to be the desire to do more and also the desire to do less. And I'm not a huge fan of the idea of, for example, taking a mental health day because to me, that's just kind of taking a day of vacation, but I'm also a little bit old school, so I get it. But some days those are required. And I used to operate personally like I was a machine and I would go months or even years without a real vacation, right? 
that's not actually healthy. And so you don't want to be that part of me. However, we also have to recognize that, especially as business owners or freelancers or like whatever category we put ourselves into, the buck kind of stops with us. And so if there's no sales coming in the door, you either need to examine the strategy or the amount of work that you're putting into that strategy and figure out what's going to work for you. Could I have grown my business more quickly with more effort? Probably. I just didn't have it left. I had what I have and I give, I give what I have and I don't have more. And so that's how fast I grow. Yeah. The self-care piece, especially as a business owner, is extremely important. It's putting your oxygen mask on yourself before you can put it on anybody else. You have to have the energy and the bandwidth for other people, which means you have to give yourself energy and bandwidth. And I, I agree with that. If it is something you absolutely hate or you just, you feel like you just can't anymore with social media, don't seriously. That's okay. And if you feel like social media is just absolutely not your thing, it doesn't have to be your sales channel, right? It's not, um, you could go to meetups. You could, you know, you're, I mean, obviously you're going to have to interact with people. I'm very sorry. I I get it. I know, but you're going to have to do some form of networking and it's going to be some sort of socialness. You don't have to do it all the time. You can do it periodically. You can put it on a schedule. You can plan it out so that you know you're going to need to have energy for it. And I feel like when I haven't taken care of myself, that's when social media gets really hard. That's fair. Yeah. You know, that could be your cue that you need to do some self self care, but you can go do things in person. You can, you know, get clients from your local community, your local businesses. I mean, there's so many different things you can do. You don't need to depend on these platforms. For sure. And there are other platforms that we didn't talk about, like Google My Business, right? There's that. There's, I mean, it is actually a social platform, even though they don't call it that. So there are other places. Yes. Yes. So Steve said, going back to something Carrie said, Twitter is where I have fun. What kind of post comments do we share on each platform? Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera. Uh, I think that that's something you have to decide for yourself. Yeah, I, I think I, I could share what I do. Okay. Right? So Twitter is typically where I share stuff that's sort of business-ish that doesn't necessarily tie very well to my personal profile. If I post anything to Instagram, it's probably going to be some kind of quote or comment about audio production or maybe a short video of me editing somebody's show, like doing the, the, the part where you can't hear what I'm doing. That's all supposed to be private. And Facebook is where I post everything else. (laughs) And if you go to my profile, you'll see it's a mess. And like, I'm starting to not care. I don't know. I've reached the, I don't care. I post stuff that aligns with me. That makes me happy. That is helpful to other people. And sometimes I post stuff that is absolutely hilarious. The reason why Twitter is my funny place is because of the character limit. Now, that's changed since I first started using it a long, long time ago. Now, I'm always amazed at how much I actually can write. But I have a problem with being succinct, if you can imagine. So I always use Twitter as a way to tell, like, quick, you know, things quickly. Communicate efficiently. I used to use it to do six-word stories. And if you're going to practice 
um, an elevator pitch, start writing some six word stories about podcast editing. This is a story. It's a complete story that only uses six words. And Steve Stewart has a follow up. Do you post the same thing to all the places? No, absolutely not. I just don't have that time. And I'm also yeah, not using a content scheduler anymore because yeah. I don't, I don't want to. So I have a content <laughs> scheduler for my clients, but I don't actually use it for myself. And I think the only thing that would cross post for me is if I shared something to, I think some of the images I share to Facebook might also auto share to Instagram or something like that. But for the most part, I don't. The cross platform sharing, I mean, Instagram and Facebook are basically the same company now. So they make that part easy. Right. But I don't feel like an Instagram post looks good as a Facebook post. And I don't think a face, you know, the one thing I will do sometimes is I'll take a screenshot of something I posted on Twitter and put it on Instagram or something I wrote on Facebook and put it on Instagram or Twitter. I think that's just too much work. I'm not a social media manager. I'm just somebody who loves podcasting, loves podcast editing and wants to talk about it. And I also want to share the other nerdy things I do. So we had one other question from Patrick. This will have to be the last one because we're coming to the end of our time and we still have to do our question of the day. Patrick wants to know how much of a role po- phone calls play in what we do. Um, unless somebody specifically requests it, no. Yeah. I don't do, yeah. I don't do phone calls. I do Zoom for my sales conversations and that's not part of my outreach process. Right. I do Zoom for consultations. I do that kind of like any any of that stuff. And I'm really happy to do that kind of stuff, but I do not do outbound phone calls. I don't do I don't have any inbound marketing that comes to a phone number, nothing like that. There was one person that I was looking at working with and being on a Zoom call, she said like three months later made her uncomfortable. And so if I would have known that, we could have done it without faces. Like I'm not there to make people uncomfortable, but I want to see who I'm working with. I want them to see me. And I don't know. That's where I'm at. Patrick says, what's funny is Zoom doesn't bug me, but phone calls give me such anxiety. Yeah. I hate the phone. Yeah. And I don't know why that is, except for I feel like when we're using Zoom, it is is something like we control, right? And the thing about social media, the thing that I love specifically about social media is that whatever I do want it, I have 100% control of, right? I get to make all the decisions. I even get to like train the algorithm and let them know what content I want, which is why I also don't think knowing how algorithms are operating now, where you're thinking, I'm thinking about the For You page on TikTok, right? It's based on the actions you take on the internet or on a platform. And when I'm interacting with content that I like, then they're going to give me more you know, similar content. That's how you show up in people's feed. So you don't know exactly how people are going to come across you. It could be like a businessy post, but it could also be a very personal post because you're posting something similar to, to a potential client's interests. And because you share the interest of podcasting, you have the potential of just getting into their bubble and them liking you and then them them wanting to work with you. So when you think about how you use social media, remember that it is something you really do control. 
in a lot of ways. You're basically curating your content that you see. You're getting curated by other people by the content you post. For sure. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us, but I do want to do our Poddex question of the day because, I mean, this is easily the second most fun we have. The first most fun is just talking. So (laughs) Carrie, you get to pick a number between one and five. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, If you're joining us live, you're certainly welcome to answer this in the chat. And if you're listening later, there'll be a link in the episode notes so that you can join the conversation because we'd love to hear from you. The question is, if you could undo one moment in your life, what would it be? Um, oh my gosh. It would <laughs> probably be the moment. Where... So my son went through this phase when he was younger that he, where he dug booby traps in the lawn. Oh no. And they were just basically holes. And I knew he was doing this and I knew where he was doing this. I didn't fill in the hole and I didn't avoid the hole. <sighs> and so. That was about, what, 10, 12 years ago? And my ankle is still messed up. So I wish I had at least looked down at the ground <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm actually struggling a little bit with this one uh, because while there are many mistakes that I've made and so many things that I'm not a fan of, those are all part of the journey that got me to here. So I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would be the person that I am if those things hadn't happened. And so I don't know that I would want to go back and change them. Again, plenty of things that I wish that I could have done differently. However... No, I just want a better ankle. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm not going to argue with you on that. I mean, I'm sitting here with a Rodecaster Pro that I won by accident on eBay because I bid on it thinking I'd never buy it. But, and so I ended up having to pay for it. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm actually kind of happy with it. I like it. So I'm not going to change it. But yeah, I mean, so many things that I would have probably done differently. And at the same time, I wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be here. And so I'm happy with where I am. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%, except for the ankle thing. I'll give you the ankle. I mean, you can have your own. Yeah, that's why there's two of us, right? So that we don't get stuck. No, but I totally agree with you, except, (laughs) I mean, I really need it, except for the ankle. Yeah. Like that one time, just that one time in my life, I wish I'd looked down. Yeah. Um, Although who knows what would change if that didn't happen. So I know that we're getting close to the end. I did want to say one thing, just a, a quick thank you again to Steve and Mark of the Podcast Editor Academy for sponsoring the previous four episodes of the show. Really appreciate what they've been doing. There's a couple days that I know of left on the promo code. So if you get a chance to go there and visit, then uh Go check them out. The code is Y-E-T-I-S. That'll get you some free time. Uh, Definitely go check out the Podcast Editor Academy. Absolutely. And thank you, Steve, for mentioning us in your email. Yeah. uh, And in the group and and all that you've done for us. Uh, So, Brian, if somebody wants to come on the show, workshop something like this, uh, or share some expertise or some, you know, hot insight, how, how do they do that? It is incredibly difficult. We made it as hard as possible. What you need to do is go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com. That's where you'll get to see our shiny new website that was designed by Captivate Sites and just has a couple of graphics from us because that's the easy thing to do. There's a link right there that allows you to say, hey, I'd like to be a guest. In fact, you can just go to podcasteditormastermind.com slash be a guest. We'll take you right there. There's a quick form. It's got a couple of checkboxes, a place for you to put in some information, send it off to us. 
We've got it set up so that it doesn't go into our spam folder anymore. It notifies us in like four different places because we really want to hear from you. So podcast editors, mastermind.com slash be a guest. And thank you everyone for joining us tonight and listen to me drone on about social media. I just, I just find it kind of fascinating. So I'm Carrie Caulfield, Eric. You can find me at yayapodcasting.com or you can look at my Facebook profile and connect with me using one of the various links there. I'm Brian Entzminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. All of my professional social profiles are linked up there. And if you want to connect with me personally, just uh, reach out to me and we can do that. Unable to join us tonight was Daniel Abendroth. You can find him at rothmedia.audio. I know you were going to say Ensminger. <laughs> uh, it's been that kind of day. Daniel Ensminger. I probably have a cousin Daniel somewhere. So. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will see you and talk to you next time. Yeah, thanks. Uh, um, so how much is that? Um, 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 um